You know, uh, I have an opportunity oftentimes to talk to my mom, especially about the messages that I preach. And so the other day as I was going over the message uh, with her and just kind of honoring her prior to Mother's Day, uh, I was kind of going over some old stories that I, I, we were talking about. And I was reminded of a time, um, I think she might have reminded me of the time when uh, the last spanking I got. <laughs> Y'all, I, I mean... Anybody, any moms in here have paddles or anything like that? Oh, hallelujah. So I was about 13 years old and I said something to my mom. I can't, I can't remember what it was, but I know it was disrespectful. And my mother brought me into the bedroom, laid me across that bed, bent me over and started spanking me. And I remember this vividly because I was 13 years old. And you know, whenever you Whenever you're in that situation, um, I don't know how long it's been since y'all been spanked, but you just, you don't, there's nothing to do but brace for impact. And my mother is not a very big lady. I mean, she's about this tall. And uh, of course, I, you know, I am 6'5", so I mean, that's, but she's about this tall, but she has this, this amazing ability to coil up. You know, you, you know, short moms, they can just coil up real fast. And she swung that thing. And I remember it vividly because Whenever, whenever I, I was spanked, I turned over my shoulder and I remember laughing, relieved, saying, whew, that didn't hurt. <laughs> Woo, y'all, I am still trying to recover from that one. <laughs> Children, obey your parents that your days may be long upon the earth was so that your mom wouldn't kill you when you did something like that. I remember my grandmother here today, she would, uh, when she would hear stories like that, she would immediately tear up. She would begin to cry. She wasn't even there. She didn't know what happened. She just thought, my baby's getting a spanking. <laughs> That's a true story too. <laughs> oh, and my mom was very quick to remind me yesterday that, um, that uh, it doesn't have to be the last spanking I ever get. <laughs> so she's uh, holding me accountable this morning as well. Uh, I, I am so excited about Mother's Day, but I want to jump into the Word of God with you and read a little bit about what the Bible has to say about our mothers and about the life they bring in to this world. Psalms chapter 139, starting in verse 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came into being. Christ's legacy, I want you to know that this is a Psalm of David. And David, some 3,000 years ago, wrote this out before any creation of an ultrasound. David wrote this before there were any scientific advancements to determine what life was actually like. Whether it was based on the heartbeat or the viability of an embryo or its age. A life is a life, a baby is a baby. And may God forgive our nation for any brutality that we have done to try to take that life out of this world. 
Roe v. Wade was a landmark case that was, 19, that was done in 1973 that by a decision of seven to two took away the rights of all unborn children. And since that day, legal abortion shot up to 358 abortions per 1,000 births, and it continues to rise. Now, even though we are so much further removed from that time period, only 1.5% of those abortions are in cases of rape or in incest. The CDC recently did a survey with young mothers that have made decisions for an abortion. Out of those mothers, 48% were scared because they didn't want to be bad moms. And so they made a decision for abortion. 73% of them said that they could not afford to have a baby for whatever reason uh, of their situation of life. Just a few days ago, there was a leak, and many of you are aware that it's in the news of a Supreme Court uh, possible decision that Roe v. Wade may be overturned in the next few months. And as we, gain, as we get closer and closer to that decision, I want you to know as a church that we are called to be the body of Christ. And as we look forward into the future and determine how we can help the best, we can only speculate, and I think it's a good speculation, that over the next few weeks, months, and years, there's going to be a foster care and adoption crisis in this nation like we've never seen before. Church, we were made for this moment. And as a church, as a church, we must do something about it. James chapter one, verse 27 tells us, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by this world. Christ's legacy is not good enough for us just to look out and proclaim what we feel is right and wrong it's not good enough for us to stand in judgment. Instead, Christ's legacy, we must also be a part of the solution. Amen. We have to decide that we ourselves are going to participate in the solution to take care of orphans that, that overwhelm our foster care systems. What does that mean? As a symbol of God, there is a, a ministry that was developed called Backyard Orphans. This amazing organization has tied us into engaging into the, into the lives and into the situations of these, these young people that go, come into the foster care system. And we can have an opportunity to be part of the solution by, by either adopting or fostering these little ones or simply helping support people that choose to do so. Everyone in this, in this auditorium, everyone in this church is called to participate. Perhaps you're called to do so by, through prayer. Maybe you're called to do so by loving these kids that walk into this place. Maybe you're called to do so by actually fostering or adopting. But no matter what, we are going to be a church that loves these little children. Amen? But we have to work on both sides of the equation because there are hundreds, if not thousands of young women that have already made decisions 
in, uh, to, to have an abortion based on whatever situation that they encountered in life. Maybe it was a situation where they felt pressure by family or, or pressure by a partner. Maybe it was a situation where they felt like their baby was gonna be born into a, a, bad, uh, a, a bad thing. But I want you to know that every day, some of these ladies wake up feeling incredibly grieved and hurt and pain. And the very place that they should be able to run to to gain care and compassion and assistance is the very place that they are afraid to come to to receive that support and love because they feel like they may be judged. I want you to know whether you're in this, in this sanctuary or you're watching us online and you're joining us online, this is a place that is determined to love you, to give you the kind of compassion and the care that you need. That's why we've already set aside people and resources like uh, our Save One uh, ministry run by uh, Melanie Wetzel. Thank you so much. This ministry is designed uh, to support and bring care and compassion to these young ladies that are dealing with the grief of that decision. And if you're watching us online or if you're joining us here, you can simply go to our website, clcokc.com, and go to the top banner and click That's Me. And if you do so, even if you're sitting here right now, you do so, you can have an opportunity to, to type in that little box, I want more information about Save One or Backyard Orphans. And, and we, we will discreetly get that information to you so that we can best minister to you as a church. I want you to know that we love you as a mom. We love our church and we love these little children. Amen? Amen. Amen. And I love our mom because that is exactly how we show our love and compassion and support for our mothers. See, showing Jesus' love is exactly what our moms are really good at. And I wanna welcome you here today if you are a mom. If you are a mom, would you just simply stand up and wave at us? Would you just stand up right where you are, wave at us? Dads, parents, kids, let's just give them a round of applause right now. Moms, thank you so much for joining us here at Christ's Legacy. I hope that as you came in the door, you found a gift. And, uh, and if you didn't find one, it, when you're walking that way out, make sure to pick one up. We are so glad that you're here. It's going to be a good day if you are a mom. It's not a bad day if you're not a mom. But if you're a mom, it's an extra good day. Um, I remember uh, one year whenever I was in Royal Rangers, I think I was in a, a, a buckaroo, okay? That's a long time ago, y'all. <laughs> Buckaroos and Royal Rangers. And as I was a Royal Ranger, um, I was preparing to preach my very first message back then uh, in order to, to, to get a medal. And I remember my mom standing with me and uh, rehearsing the message with me and helping me develop that message. And uh, I, it, was a, it was about a lunch lady that, that dropped her money and I was gonna help her pick it up and, and, uh, and, and be kind to a lunch lady. And my mom, even from a very early age, tried to help me have a sense of compassion and care for other people. I remember that illustration. It was a two minute message. Um, they've gotten longer since then. But I, I appreciate it so much. Um, I, I, I ended up getting a patch for that message. Uh, and um, my mom went to sew on the patch. And whenever I wore my Royal Ranger shirt 
to class the next week, my commander looked at my patch and said, have you had a drunken sailor sew your patches on, son? <laughs> so my mom's not a great seamstress, but she did encourage me and help me as, as I went through things. And so this morning, I wanna give you four ways that you can honor your mom this morning. Four ways that you can honor your mom this morning. Way number one is that we can obey our mothers. The other day at, at Walmart, there was a, a young lady <clears throat> that had a, had a little girl sitting in a basket and she was just pushing that basket up and down the aisles and that little girl began to yell and cry and whine and you, you could just see the misery on both of their faces and that mother, it was just, it was just amazing. That mother would just say, Ellen, it's okay, we are almost done. And, and she'd push that basket a little further and she said, Ellen, we will get your drink when we get out to the car, it's gonna be okay. Ellen, please, please just calm down. And it was creating such a commotion that it, you know, people in Walmart began to, to look and, and see her. You know how it is, moms. And, and, uh, and so much so that a, a, a one of the Walmart employees came up with a little sticker and, and handed it uh, to the mother and say, Ellen, if you'd like to give your sticker to your daughter, or give the sticker to your daughter, uh, just let her know that we love her. And uh, that lady looked back at that Walmart employee and said, ma'am, my name is Ellen. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta encourage yourself, amen? <laughs> See, the Bible tells us that you are their godly authority in their lives. Remember Ephesians chapter six, verse one, you have been called by God to be that authority in their life. And it's our responsibility to help raise them in, to, to, to understand that authority and to, to love them and care for them. But sometimes being a parent can just absolutely be frustrating. It can be difficult, it can be challenging. I wanna to read to you uh, um, just a verse that is very well known out of Proverbs chapter 22, verse six. It says, start children off the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not, they will not turn from it. This is an, an incredible passage of scripture that helps us understand uh, from the very foundation of raising a child, we're to, to, to raise them in a way that, that respects the authority of the mother and the father, that, that honors God. And the Bible tells us that they will not turn from it. But, but I wanna stop for a moment at this passage of scripture and, and help you to look, understand a little bit of, of um, understand what this is trying to say because Proverbs are probabilities and not promises. And I, I wanna make that distinction for you very clearly because there are hundreds if not thousands of moms that have raised children in their homes and they've poured themselves into their children. They have done their very best and one day their child grows up and begins to make their own decisions. And, and maybe their decisions have led them away from the Lord. Maybe their decisions have gotten themselves into trouble. And if you look at this passage of scripture and you say, well, perhaps, perhaps I've done something wrong. There is no perfect mother. I know this. 
But if you look at this passage of scripture, begin to take on that blame and, and take on that, that burden that perhaps you've done something wrong to, to create that decision in their life, that's not your, that's not your burden to bury, mom, to, to, to carry. In fact, what we should understand is, is this, Proverbs gives us wisdom that allows us and instructs us to lead our children in right way because the opposite is also true. If you don't lead your kids in the right way, they're probably gonna grow up not right because <laughs> that's how that works. But I want you to understand that God has a, a destiny for your children. And if your children have grown up and begun to make the wrong decisions and maybe have, have disappointed you at times and has, have made wrong, um, uh, done things that have hurt themselves or hurt others, their story is not over. It's not finished. There is still hope because what the word of God does is it gives us hope for renewal and redemption. The word of God helps us to understand that, that the book's not closed. There is another chapter. And mothers, we appreciate the, the prayer, the love, the encouragement, the hope that you maintain for your children. Although there is no perfect mother, we all have a perfect heavenly father that is able to give us the strength and the grace that we need to persevere through those situations and those trials with our kids and give us the answers and the, and the courage that we need in order to walk up and down Walmart aisles whenever everything is getting frustrating. You know what I'm saying? This Mother's Day, I want us, each one of us to remember that no matter your age, that we are to maintain that same love and respect as uh, towards our mothers that we had when we were children. That relationship may change, that, that, uh, that opportunity to speak directly to the circumstance may change, but we are to remain that, maintain that same love, that respect and admiration for our moms. Number two, we are to thank her, amen? I love Mother's Day cards and reading all these Mother's Day cards, but there was one Mother's Day card that I saw that, uh, that is worth reading to you this morning. It says, Mom, I know you do the dishes and I know you cook the food. I know you scrub down the floors even when you're in a bad mood. And every night you walk the dog while I'm watching all my shows. On Thursday, you take out the trash and spring, you wash the windows. Mom, I know you're sad I'll go someday and leave you all alone. But right now I'm 35. So what other place could I call home? It's a very specific card. It can be hard to find the right words to say to a mom to express your love and your gratitude towards someone that has done so much for you all of your life. But Proverbs chapter 16, verse 24 tells us, gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. If you're 35 years old and living with your mother, please find the right words to thank her. I offer these. 
okay? But maybe you're in a relationship with your mom right now that isn't so great. Maybe, maybe you do need to find the right words to say. And it may start with saying thanks. You see, because the Bible is absolutely true whenever it tells us in everything that it tells us, but especially whenever it says those words could be healing to hear. If you're in a wrong relationship with your mom or things are difficult this morning, why don't you just pick up the phone, call or text or email. If your email, that's a little bit, uh, a little bit sketchy, but would you just communicate to your mom in some way that you're still alive and that you love her? Because words of thanks and encouragement are so important to your mother. Uh, I'm not a mother myself, can't be, turns out, but scientific. Um, but I will say this, that we are called not only to honor and respect, but to, for our hearts to be filled with gratitude as believers for the incredible sacrifices that our mothers make. Number three, we are called to serve her. This is the very best point, and some of you mothers out there are very excited to hear this. We are called to serve her. I'm looking out right now, I see a few elbows going around. You heard what he said, that good looking preacher up there? He said to serve me. Yes, uh, many of you may have even wo woken up this morning and uh, received a Mother's Day breakfast. Oh, those are the favorite, aren't they? Yeah, black toast and uh, uh, muddy coffee, and uh, you've, gotten, um, you've gotten an opportunity uh, to have cereal, but they, they had a really good idea with the cereal and go ahead and fill it up with orange juice. Mmm. And, and I know as a mom that that was probably your favorite meal all year long, even though you may not have eaten all of it. These little ones and maybe even your husbands have made that for you and thought that they were doing something very nice for you. But Philippians chapter two, verse five, reminds us about an attitude of service. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. This passage of scripture goes, goes on to help us understand what that attitude that Christ had. It tells us that he took off his robes of glory and royalty and stepped off of the threshold of heaven and came down in a form of humility and in service. That he loved us so much that he would serve us even until his death. And if you and I are to maintain that kind of attitude, it causes us and it challenges us to do even more than what we are currently doing. As a Christian, that's our call, not just to our mothers, but to everyone that we're around. Would you serve in such a way that it humbles yourself, regardless of your role, regardless of your position, regardless of what else is going on in your life, would you serve somebody in your life in such a way that it brings glory and honor, not necessarily just to your mother, not so that you get the credit and you get a better Father's Day later on, but would you serve so that it brings glory to Jesus in the way that you serve, in the way that you honor, in the way that you love? How important is that? What would that do in your relationships? What would that do 
at your workplace to serve like Jesus serves. God, help us this morning to have an attitude of humility. He's called us, each one of us. It's a high calling to live a low life of service. This is a real genuine act of worship, a sincere offering that will please the Lord in everything that we, that we give in that, in that moment of service. It's a lifestyle of service. And that's our calling this morning to serve our mothers. But there's one more way that we can all honor our mothers this morning. Perhaps you're here this morning and it, it's your very first time to be here with your mother on Mother's Day. Or maybe you, you are here and you, you always attend. I want you to know that you're welcome and you're loved. And maybe it's the only way that you could get into church this morning was that your mother invited you and you got to go out to eat afterwards so that you can, uh, you can be with your mom to honor her on Mother's Day. But regardless of why you've come here, you want to honor your mother because if we think about it, she has done so much for our lives. I'm reminded of so many times uh, uh, people would comment to me that their mothers, their, 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 their mothers, especially as they age, that their hands are so frail and weak, but, but you would not believe how hard they can hold on to you. You can't believe how, how hard they'll hold your hand or how, how they'll grab a hold of your coat or, or your jacket and they'll squeeze you. I, I, I see um, just the other day, I, I saw a quilt and the quilt had scriptures all over it. I, I, I know that there's prayer prayed for, from moms about their kids and the kind of love and the dedication that each one of our mothers have for us is amazing. You're here and some of us are alive today because of prayers that have been prayed by our mothers. We've been in situations and circumstance that we probably shouldn't have been in, but somehow, some way at three o'clock in the morning, your mama woke up because the spirit of the Lord was speaking to her saying, you need to pray for your baby. She waited up for you all night long so that you could walk in and so that you could, she could grab a hold of you and tell you how much she loved you. And I, I think to myself, what kind of promises all these years has she been standing on from the word of God to pray for you and encourage you? If she's been in here in this church or, or she's just been a, a woman that loves the Lord, she's been praying these prayers for you. Whatever you ask, she'll receive it and it will be hers. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. She's been asking for the Lord to touch you. Maybe that you would give your heart to the Lord. She's encouraged to pray without ceasing. She's encouraged to shut the door and pray to her father who is in secret, knowing that she'll be rewarded openly because of her faithfulness. She's encouraged to pray in the spirit with groanings and in deep ways that, that just can't be uttered except for through the spirit. She knows that she can have confidence that whatever she asks in his name, 
it'll be given. She rejoices in hope. She's patient in trouble and she's constant in prayer. You see congregation, your mama has been praying for you. Maybe not your mama, but some kind of mama. Maybe it was your aunt and your, or your grandmother. Maybe it was just a, a lady in this church that just loves you to pieces. And she calls your name before a father in heaven that wants so badly to reach out and to restore you and to love you and to encourage you and support you in all that you do. You see, the last way that you and I can honor our mother is that we can be the answer to her prayer. We can choose today to dedicate our life to loving a God that loves us back. We can choose today to offer ourselves to the Lord. We know that maybe the way that we've been trying to live our life hasn't been working out. It's been filled with frustration and regret. We know perhaps that we've brought heartache to our moms, difficulties to our families. Our family may not be working out very well right now. The job may not be working out and things may be falling apart and you've always been able to count on mom. But the reason that you've been able to count on mom is because she counts on the Lord and she loves you and she's lifted you up in prayer and supplication, fasting, calling your name out before him. And it reminds us when we read familiar passages like John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his own, one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This morning, perhaps you've even heard this passage all of your life, you know it by heart. You don't have to read it, you grew up in Sunday school knowing it, but you know that, that things just haven't been right. You, 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 you haven't lived your life in response to this passage of scripture. You haven't lived your life in response to your mother's prayers. Maybe this morning, no, I know this morning is your morning. It's your morning to dedicate your heart to the Lord and to answer your mother's prayers. So often we stop at John 3:16 and we fail to understand all of what it means. That the God of all creation, in spite of your sin and your circumstances, in spite of our selfishness, in spite of our anger, in spite of our greed, in spite of, of our poor choices in life, has saw something inside of us that he loves. That he, that he determined from on high to give his one and only son so that you and I can watch what it looks like to live a perfect life in front of our eyes and to pay for each one of our mistakes on the cross of Calvary. It was your death, it was my death, and he paid that price. And now you today have an opportunity to give your life to him, to answer your mother's prayers that she's been praying all these many years. Won't you be the answer to her prayer? 
But so often we stop at John 3, 16 and we fail to understand that it's not just a gift that God has given to us. If we read to the end of the chapter, we find out and we're made aware of, of the consequences of rejecting him. Verse 36, whoever believes in the son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the son will not see life for God's wrath remains on them. Christ's legacy, I love each and every one of you and I want your life to be filled with encouragement. I want you to know a God that cares for you, a God of compassion, a God of love, a God that has come to give you life and life more abundantly. But I love you enough to help you understand that it's not good enough just to know the verse. It's not good enough just to have a mama that knows the verse and that prays for you. Your faith is determined by your relationship with Jesus Christ, your relationship with Jesus Christ. Don't reject him. Don't walk out of this place and go to a restaurant and pretend that things are okay. This is our opportunity right now to respond to a heavenly father that wants so much more for you.